This is the most stacked lineup we've ever assembled for the most credible, informed, and entertaining deadline show anywhere. Welcome to the Wildcast Podcast, coming to you from Wildcast Studios with your hosts, Adam Lund and Jeremy Boucher. And that's right, folks. We are back. We are doing our annual trade deadline episodes by that excellent intro that I kind of remember I had to find because um, like the Spice Girls say, what do you want? What do you really, really want? And we kick it off on the island uh, with color voice of the Islanders, Corey Arsenal. Corey, welcome back. And uh, how's the year been so far? Well, boys, uh, season's greetings. Uh, thank for ha- thank you for having me. And uh, you know what? The year's been pretty good. I mean, uh, back playing hockey, uh, as always, when Jim Holton has a hockey team here on the island, it's going to be competitive. Uh, not not the most talented lineup that we've seen here in his tenure, but certainly a, a hard-working team. And uh, to tell you the truth, I think they've overachieved uh, to start off this season. I mean, uh, there's, there's lots of holes in the lineup, but they're, they're in around a 500 hockey club and uh, that's what they were expecting. And that's what they have gotten. Uh, thanks to tremendous goaltending. Uh, first and foremost, Frankie LaPena has been on just another level this year. I mean, uh, when he's in goal, we have a chance to win and, and beat anyone on any given night. Uh, and he certainly has come through in spades here for the Islanders. And, and if not for Frankie in, in the first, uh, you know, third of the season, uh, the record certainly would look a lot different than, than it does here right now. So uh, I'm glad you brought up Frankie the franchise. That's where that's where I'm going. On behalf of Jeremy and myself, we are very excited for him to be traded from the island because we can never beat that guy. I think we beat him once uh, in 18 months. We hope he doesn't get dealt to a team in the Maritime Division. But um, just, I mean, is there any chance he doesn't get moved to keep this team competitive? Or is this final the year? He gets dealt, and you guys get another goaltender that's going to stave off a lot of wins for the against the Moncton Wildcats. Well, I know, I know, Jim's phone has been buzzing, and and there's teams certainly inquiring. The thing with Frankie is, and uh, George and I coined him the franchise because that's certainly what he is. I mean, uh, for one, he's so valuable in the dressing room. First and foremost, yeah. take away the the excellent goaltender he is. He's an unbelievable person off the ice. And and those are the type of kids that you want in your room. You want your program. You want uh, those guys to be the veterans, the, to lead by example. Uh, he's so well-liked in the dressing room. He's loved off the ice because he's unbelievable with the fans in the community. He's just a tremendous uh, person and uh, a special talent on the ice as well. So, I mean, I, I think the way this is going to work is Jim's going to set his price. And if someone will meet it, then a deal probably could get done. Now, is that price going to be too high because we value him that high? That That's, I guess, the question that needs to be answered. But as we know, as you know, and Moncton said some great hockey teams, you need good goaltending to win. I think there's some teams out there that have question marks in goal right now. There's no doubt about it. The problem is a lot of these teams that are stacked and ready to go, I think they're really comfortable with their 320-year-olds that they already have in, in their rotation. So that's a real tough decision for some of these teams. To, to 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 pull out a 20-year-old veteran to add a player like like Frankie LaPena. And I'm thinking about Gatineau. Uh, you know, I'm thinking about Sherbrooke. Uh, you know, I'm thinking about the Quebec Ramparts. You know, are they are they actually thrilled with their goaltending right now? I, I don't know. Uh, I don't I don't think Gatineau has quite settled. But, I mean, who are you taking out? You got Cole Cormier. You got Isaac Beliveau. And then you got your captain, Mannix Landry. So, I mean, which one of those guys do you take out 
for a 20 year old like Frankie. And, and that could be, that could be maybe a downfall uh, of the 20 year old market to me. I mean, and not being biased, but I'm going to be biased and not to be, gonna be <laughs> you're a allowed homer, to be, but I'm going to be a homer as well. Yeah. But you know, I, I think Frankie's the best goaltender in, in the league right now. And I think he might be one of the best in, in the country. And uh, you know, you got to pay a significant price for him. And, and if it's not met, you know what, yeah, even though we don't have a pile of picks or a pile of prospects or this and that, he's still going to give us a chance to win each and every night. I think at the end of the day, some team is going to come knocking because, you know, those guys know that if you don't have great goaltending, you can have whatever you want in your lineup up front. If, if you let weak goals in, it can deflate a team, you know, so I, it's going to be interesting. I can't pinpoint a team that, that, you know, would be, you know, that I would put the odds on favor to, to acquire Frankie, it, it, you know, it's, 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 is it a seller's market or is it a buyer's market? I think after a couple of years with COVID there's, there's mandates with some of these teams to at least get around mm-hmm. or two. I mean, you look at the, you look at the Eastern conference. I mean, you got the Quebec ramparts. Then who do you have? Halifax. Yeah. Well, Halifax, yeah. Halifax to me has some questions in goal potentially. I like Rousseau, but Brady James hasn't taken off to where he needs to be. And Rousseau has shown hasn't proven that he can be the guy to take the team to the next level. And now will he get that opportunity? Probably. But even Halifax has some some more. So does a team like Grimuski, does a team like Moncton think that they, you know, they have a shot to get by not only the first round, but maybe the second round as well? And I'm sure there's a lot of that deciphering going on. You know, and talking to Jim, it's a good year to be poor in the Maritime Division because <laughs> it, it, it's true. I mean, you got the Halifax yeah. Mooseheads who we've shut out and beaten, and then you have everybody else kind of just spinning their tires. Yeah, Cape Breton spinning their tires. You know, Moncton, you know, trying to be better. I expect them to add. Then you have St. John and Bathurst uh, that that are definitely going to sell. So you know, it, it's a good year to to be poor in the Maritime Division because you're going to have competitive games uh, against uh, the Maritime Division opponents. We've already seen when Quebec-based teams come in, they've just been ruling the roost, right? So that that has kind of teetered a little way where the stronger teams are in Quebec and the weaker teams right now are in the Maritime. So that kind of bodes well, I think, for for everybody on this side. But you know, which one of those teams? is going to step up and, and acquire some pieces to, to make, you know, maybe not make an all-in run, but make a run that, that maybe you get to the semifinals, you know? And we all know how huge gates are come, come playoff time. Yeah. I get, realistically, like, what would what do you put the value at for, for Le Pena right now? Because, I mean, he is a rental, you know, because he's a 20-year-old he's a goalie. He's not yeah. coming back next year. Um, and historically, goalies don't fetch very large returns. Uh, yeah. So where do you, where do you think like his his return is right now? Well, you you wish that you could get what what uh, what Valdor got for Etienne Montpetit back three or four years ago, and that was a first, second, and third. But I think that probably um, probably is a little rich. Um, you know, a couple of years back when when Bay Camol, their goalie went down, and they traded for Dorio. At a St. John at the 11th hour, I think their starting goaltender got hurt the night before the trade deadline. They they coughed up a first and a 14th round pick for for Dorio. You know, I I think Jim would love to get a first round pick plus for Frankie, but I mean, if it's two twos and a prospect or something like that, I think that's a little bit more realistic. The other issue is, I mean, you have you have Cologne who won a league championship last year. You have Lavallee who's had a pretty good start. You have Erdebees, who has a Q championship and a Memorial Cup championship, you know, and there's another there's another 20 year old goaltender right there that I'm not thinking of either. So, I mean, that that's kind of why the market is, you know, there's is not quite as strong. Well, you got Robillard in, in Sherbrooke, right? So I mean, there's five 20 year old goaltenders that are really good goaltenders. 
you know, and I, I heard that St. John was going to be asking for the moon for, for Erdebees, and rightfully so. They gave, they, they gave up a lot for him, and he has the resume that, that nobody can match, right? And then, and then you, you shift the market to 19-year-old goaltenders where you got Darvo, who's Invicto, who is their MVP of the first half of the season. Yep. And then you have um, uh, Blackburn, who's in Valdor, and, and their GM up there uh, always wants the world for his players. So, they're, you know, once one goaltender moves, I think that maybe a domino or two will fall. But, you know, we're, we're sitting pretty. I mean, Frankie's resume is what it is. Like, you guys have seen him. He's been the first too much. or second You've or third too star, much. and 95% of the starts he's had in the first half of the season. Yeah, yeah. Right? We've, we've he's, seen a, him. he's a difference maker. Yeah. He's a difference maker, and Jim has a price on him, and, and rightfully so. Now, whether or not a team pays for it, you know, yep. I'd, I'd love to see him a chance to, to win. I, I'm, I was shocked that nobody paid the price for him this past summer for him to come in because there was rumors that everybody wanted him. Everybody wants him, but nobody wants to pay, right? That That's the issue. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And uh, like we've seen with, well, since I've been here, the three, like Matty Welsh, Ellis, LaPena, it doesn't matter what goaltender is going to be in the net. It seems like they always have our numbers. So, um, But, I mean, looking at this team, we had Chris on a couple weeks ago, and he talked about uh, you know Charlottetown and the teams that were selling, and you know the Islanders have never really bottomed out, gone full, full hardcore, scorched the earth rebuild. Um, is this kind of the time, maybe led by uh, Brabnik up front, where you know you explain to the fans like, hey, we're we're ripping this right down to the studs, or is this a well, we're gonna move a little bit here and there, see what we can get, and stay competitive, and and maybe do some damage in the playoffs. I would be shocked if Rabinich is on this team after the Christmas trade deadline. I mean, I, I know for a fact that every high-end team that wants to win wants Jake Rabinich because he's an upgrade on every Euro in the league, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, Jim wasn't even out of uh, the parking lot in Sherbrooke last year, and and, and Steph Julian was calling about Brabinich. That's how much they <laughs> liked him and, and, and seen. He's a 200-foot player, and I think he might be a better player than, than Nikita Alexandrov was as a 19-year-old. He's just so responsible defensively, can kill penalties, you know, can win face-offs. He's just a smart two-way player that you win with in the playoffs, and I, I know for a fact that somebody's going to step up and pay a hefty price for Jake Brabinich. Now, what does that price include? I would, ha- you know, it starts with a first. There's no non-negotiable about that, and then plus plus on top. But once again, like Brabinich, you have a couple pieces that are holding up the whole thing, and it's it's my good buddy Gordy Dwyer and Bathurst. He's got Riley Kidney and, and Jacob Melanson, and those are two pieces that a lot of the contending teams are in. And if they don't meet that price, then all of a sudden it kind of comes to comes our way, I would think, to Brabinich. So, you know, there, there's there's those two pieces, Brabinich and LaPena. I think Michael Horth has drawn some interest, and I would have to think Bianca Batuka and potentially Kieran Gallant are drawing interest as well. So, you know, there's not, you know, that that's the issue with, with the Islanders. There's not a whole lot of uh, 19-year-old rental talent. It's more 20-year-olds, and then you got Brabinich and, and Horth, and Horth will be a, a very, if he doesn't sign pro in, in his back as a 20-year-old, he would be, a, you know, a very valuable 20-year-old next year in the league, I would think, as well. I was going to touch on Michael Horth because he is a guy I would love to have here. Yep. Uh, because like you just said, Corey, if he's not back as uh, if he doesn't sign and go pro, he will be one of the top 20 year olds in the league next season. And if, if there's anything Moncton needs right, right now, it's, it's a 19 year old who can step into the top six and still be a top six player next year as well. Like 
Yeah. That's uh, that, yeah. I, you know what? And I think I think I think there's a match to be had there, right? I think there's a match to be had in Moncton with with Horth, and you know he's not he's not one of those guys that's going to cost a fortune. Um, you know I you know he's probably in around the value of what you know we paid for Bailey Peach. I would think a couple years back. You know if, if he's if he's moving. The problem with with us moving Michael Horth would be we got to go and replace the guy next year mm-hmm. so you know you, we already know what we have in-house right now but you have to go replace that guy next year so that that that's the question mark with with moving a guy like michael horth unless a team wants to pay the price and i you know, i haven't really talked a whole lot about it but you know a couple years back we paid a, a two a three and a seven uh, for Bailey Peach, and then if he played in the league the year after, it was an extra second-round pick. So two twos, a three, and a seven. You know, it's basically value for that kind of mid-tier 25, 30 goal score. So, you know, Michael Horth certainly is a guy that I know a lot of teams will have interest because he's a late bloomer. He's a big physical player, kills penalties. Uh, you know, he's got some untapped offensive offense. So he's got 20 points in 27 games. You know, he's, he's, a, he's a legit top-six player that brings size and can play a physical game. And, you know, he can be on the ice when you need a goal, even on the ice when you're protecting a goal. And he's a big fit, I think, for for a lot of teams here that are not maybe looking to go all in, but looking to improve and maybe give a run this year and have a real solid 20-year-old kid uh, coming back for the year after. It's funny, uh, while you are talking about Hort there, singing Bravik, it's kind of in the same um, wave as the 20-year-old goaltenders. You're waiting for the first one to fall. Um, a Euro makes it a little bit more difficult and you've got Barbashev, you've got Ivan Ivan who are are in this room like you're looking for a euro you got to try and upgrade when you when you lose on 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 talent when you're when you're talking about those guys but just talk about some of the rookies that um definitely will be here after the trade deadline and obviously it starts there with uh Marcus Kersey and um Brett Arsenal Robbie Rutledge just talk about the young guys that have kind of made an impact in the first half and will be counted on to play a little bit more minutes than they're used to in the in the second half there on the island yeah, I mean, obviously, Kiersey has, you know, come come as displayed here for the Islanders and, you know, the leading point getter among, among rookie defensemen. Um, I, I work with the team scouting as well, so I was really high on him um, last year coming into the draft. The problem is we had no picks a lot like a lot like we have now, and I was shocked that he got out of the first round. I was shocked we got him where we did uh, in, in the, I think, 31 or 32 overall. Him and Michaud went back-to-back. But, I mean, I was up at the Q Challenge uh, Combine, and he was, in my mind, the best defenseman uh, amongst them all up there. I mean, Thomas Claval, obviously, a nice defenseman as well. But Kiersey, you know, I see I seen P.O. Wall come in from Victoriaville uh, last weekend, and he dominated as an 18-year-old. And that's that's where I see Kiersey uh, when he gets a little bit older. It's been, you know, some adjustments for him, uh, you know, not going through the middle of the ice on the backhand where he could get away with that at prep school. He just can't get away with it here. But his feet are, are unbelievable. He, he's got some grit to him, too. I've seen him lay out a couple big guys where he just kind of stepped into them. His offense is there, and it's only going to get better, right? And, you know, he plays with a veteran, Jeremy Biak with Tuca. It certainly makes him a better player on the ice. So, you know, we're, we're pumped for him. He, I, to me, he's got the makings of a franchise-type defenseman. And then Alexi Michaud's off to a great start as well. I mean, at one point, he led all rookies in goal scoring. He's kind of cooled off a little bit, but he's got a great shot, right shot. Um, you know, he, he's got some underrated puck skills as well. His feet, obviously, I mean, there's no perfect player out there. His feet need some work, but they're coming along here. Just a, a student of the game loves it. So, I mean, we're, we're happy with those two pieces. And then you mentioned some of the other kids. Yeah, Brett Arsenault's had, a, you know, a decent start for us and, you know, one of the 17-year-olds, uh, Ross Campbell, has had a tremendous uh, start to the 
uh, New Brunswick PEI Major Midget League uh, season. In my mind, I thought he was right there to make the team. And when he's been called up and, and played games, he hasn't looked out of place. He's, you know, everybody's really excited about him. Nico Boudreau is a guy that we drafted. And, and Simone Duguay out of Northern, uh, you know, Duguay's played a few games with us already. He's got a common presence on the back end. Kind of reminds me of Anton Topolnitsky and Nico Boudreau. I mean, goaltending, uh, we, you know, he's off to a terrific start. He's getting peppered every night up in Bathurst, but he leads the league in, in save percentage and he's just a, a competitive kid and goal so you know there's some prospects there but as we all know you got to build through the draft and you know some of these players that are going to go out are, are going to bring back picks and prospects and that's certainly you know but the islanders don't want to bottom out uh, you know they want to remain competitive and jim scouring the free agent uh, you know season that's that's the big thing i mean you go pick up Gio Morno, he stepped right in. Lucas Romeo's getting NHL looks. I mean, we don't have those three guys with Rutledge and, and Hollinsworth and, and Rain Nadeau. You know, there's five guys on the roster, and you're pulling five guys from either weren't ready at a major midget or you're full, pulling free agents at a junior A. So I mean, yeah. that, that uh, free agent uh, influx has been huge. Uh, yes, you swing and miss on some. But Jim and Guy and Hendo, I mean, all three of them are from Ontario. They all have connections all over the place. You know, I wouldn't be shocked to see more free agents come in here potentially. I mean, Jim doesn't care where you're from. All he cares about whether you compete or not. Yeah. And if you're ready to compete, yeah. you're going to play. And if you're not ready to compete, you're going to go play someplace else. It's it's a, a pretty simple formula over here on the island. Yeah. So one last one uh, from us or Corey. Uh, I guess who's what's been your or who's been your biggest surprise of the first half of the season? Well, they were in town last uh, Friday night, and to me, it's Victoriaville. I mean, uh, I, I see the record, and I'm thinking, I look at the names in the paper, and I'm thinking, uh, yeah, these guys, you know, well, they're not that good, but they came in, and they were dominant. I mean, you want to talk about hungry on the puck. They won every battle, and I talked to Carl Millett uh, before. I got to know Carl really well a couple years ago, and we lost them in the, in the semifinals, up two games to one and then collapsed and lost uh, the two final games, including basically a one nothing loss with an empty net goal in, the, in game five to go to the finals against Valdor. A terrific young coach, and uh, he he was telling me that, you know, the chemistry in the room is second to none, one of the best he's ever been around, and their commitment to blocking shots it has been outstanding, and it was right there. I mean, they blocked probably 20 shots. Um, they got great goaltending, good structure on the back end, and they, they worked their nuts off each and every shift. So for them to be sitting in second place two years after winning the Q championship and basically pretty well stripping it bare afterwards, 26 from one and two, 43 points. I think they're 11 to 12 at home. To me, that's the biggest surprise um, in the league. The other surprise on the downside, I thought Blaineville was supposed to be pretty good this year. I mean, obviously Patrick Gay would make them a much better hockey team. And we all know he's gone pro and, and probably likely not coming back. And there's some loose ends to, to clean up on that trade. But, I mean, they've lost six in a row. They've only had 10 wins out of 28, a team that was, I think, going to try to push a little bit. Uh, I would I would suspect that that has been disappointing for them. And then, uh, you know, Cape Breton. I mean, what are you going to say about Cape Breton? Same old Cape. I mean, uh, they're trying to, trying to get things righted over there. And I think they're going to do it the right way with Slagatore, but I mean, how how much patience are left in that yeah. fan base, right? I mean, you can only lose for so long before you start struggling at the gates, and I feel bad for, for everyone over there because it's a terrific hockey town, a lot of terrific people, but you can only support a losing team uh, for so long, and uh, you know, it, it's, a, it's a tough grind over there right now. Yeah, yeah, well, you're bang on with Victoriaville. I think Moncton had 25 shots, and I think they directed 50 at the net because they blocked everything, and when they blocked it, 
the guys were on the bench pumping sticks and they were that's that's exactly what they do so i think if there's a a, a team to kind of follow uh in these win the championship rip it down bring it back up real quick uh victoriaville is definitely one to look at but uh we're gonna let you get out of here and get back to christmas shopping i'm sure you don't have your, all your christmas shopping done there Corey. and uh once again we thank you for joining us on the uh, on the annual trade deadline show and uh hopefully we'll have you on sometime in the second half listen boys there's one thing i love to do more than christmas shopping that's talk hockey right? <laughs> so uh my wife was already down to black friday sale i just got a visa statement i gotta take care of it. So, uh, <laughs> You know how it works. <laughs> I do. Yeah. Well, actually, it's my visa statement that she has to look at. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my invoice. My in, my invoice will be in the mail, boys. Always a pleasure talking. Uh, you know, continue success with your show uh, anytime, and uh, Merry Christmas to, to you and all your listeners. Same to you, Corey. Thanks, Thanks Corey. Thanks. All right. Now we transition from the from the Islanders to the Sea Dogs. We once again have tracked down Jamie Tozer. Um, we got him on our time, our time zone, uh, voice or voice of station nation, and representing the Sea Dogs, Jamie. When did you get into? Uh, when did you get into Halifax from your flight yesterday? A couple hours ago? Like what? What's your what's your time frame? <laughs> I got in uh, last night. Actually, I had a pretty pretty quick trip home. Uh, left uh, Abbotsford at six a.m. and uh, got into Halifax around six thirty. So that's uh, not too bad. It's unreal because I've been in two airports in the past year and I wanted to get out of them. And you seem to be like, what are your, before we get into trades, like what are your tips and tricks for getting in and out of the airports and not being stuck in them for like nine hours at a time? He has Nexus. He's got to have some kind of gold card. Nexus would be a smart idea. I actually don't have that, but that is is a good idea. (laughs) Um, I actually usually play it pretty safe with connections. Like I usually look for a connection that's uh, a couple hours longer. Um, just because the chances of your entire trip getting derailed are slimmer. Yeah. Um, so I usually don't mind that. This the trip home was actually really tight. I was a little nervous with uh, <clears throat> some of my connections. I think I had a 40-minute connection um, in Toronto, which is uh, pretty tight. But <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So and then I, I usually plan ahead too. Like I I buy my tickets quite early, so they're cheaper. Um, and, uh, you know, just because I travel so much, I have a pretty high status, so that helps too. So uh, uh, learn, you learn a lot of small tricks uh, along the way. Not a big deal, just throws that, because I purchased a lot. I'm a pretty <laughs> big deal. Yeah, low-key. Yeah, low-key yeah. low key flex, right? Yeah, no, and hey, you're one of the top guests on the show. Like, you've been on here the most, so um, that's why that's why we get you. Uh, so we talked about um, – Frankie LaPena there with Corey Arsenault and how the 20-year-old goaltender market, it's almost musical chairs. There's too many 20-year-old goaltenders for not enough spots. And so we'll just start with Herta Bees. Um, I mean, he's been pretty good for him. He hasn't played as much as obviously uh, LaPena has in, in Charlottetown. But just what is the the feel for Herta Bees? Is, is he going to be moved, obviously, they want to? Or is it let him finish his career in some place more than a year? Yeah, you know, he had a bit of a <clears throat> tough start to the year with the injuries. I don't think he really played up to the level that he knows he's capable of. But the past few starts, I think he's he's really looked quite good. And he's kind of found the form that he was in last year and what we've seen from him um, through a lot of his career. So I think um, he's really looked like the goaltender of, uh, of a Memorial Cup caliber team that he was last year. So I think he's he's definitely finding his groove again. Um, I would imagine that the Cedars are going to look to trade him, um, at least see what's out there. 
Um, and I think a lot of that's just going to depend on the market because um, there are, you know, other goalies out there and obviously him being a 20 complicates things. Um, but, you know, I've, I've had this conversation with people, you know, you look at numbers around the league and Hershey Bees might not have the best numbers right now, but at the same time, when you look ahead and you envision your team in a game seven, um, is there another goalie you'd rather have in that situation? And Hertie Bees has been there in those high pressure situations and more often than not, he's performed in those situations. So um, that's a huge benefit um, to any team. So I think, I think there's going to be interest, um, but at the same time, and I know Adam, you talked about this in your season preview show. I mean, he does add a lot of value to St. John um, and him being on this team um, legitimately gives this team a chance every night. Yeah. Um, we've, we've seen that a few times, uh, even in his most recent start, uh, making 38 saves in the Armada win. So him sticking around isn't the end of the world and would benefit the Cedars, but I think if they can find a, a good return, I'm sure they'll they'll look at it. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to really bottom bottom out, and if he can give you a chance to steal a yeah. couple wins, um, that's that's never a bad thing. Yep, yep, ex- absolutely, absolutely, and I think. Um, I think the Cedos this time around in this rebuild, I don't, I, I kind of get the feel they don't want to bottom out as hard as they did last time. I think they really want to insulate this group a little bit with uh, some experience, and and obviously he's a he's a big part of this team. Do you think part of the reason they'd want to move herd abuse is to ensure that there's more playing time for for Brido? Because I mean, at this point, you got to assume he's, you know, he's the goalie of the future for the Sea Dogs right now. Yeah, I'm sure that's that's something they're looking at, and I'm actually a little surprised how little he's played. Um, I'm sure the plan in the second half, no matter who's here, is to play him more. But I'm I've been a little surprised how little he's played. Um, but yeah, I'm sure that's going to be a factor uh, into the situation. Um, but at the same time, at the start of the year, Cedars pretty seemed pretty content with keeping three goaltenders for a long time. So um they they must have they must have um this kind of figured out and decided that um, they're okay with the situation um so this team obviously when you put up the banner you're allowed to have those tear it to the studs rebuild and um just what is this team going to look like in the second half are we really going to recognize any of the guys if you're outside of that market is it whatever's not a rookie and not a 0405 is um, out the door for what they can get to try and recoup because, you know, you look at their draft prospects in 2023, they don't uh, hit the podium till a sixth-round pick. So is it, um, for lack of a better term, whatever's not nailed down is heading out the door? I I think they'll – I don't think it'll be as bad as we've seen it in recent years and some rebuilds. I think, um, you know, obviously I think – priority is to get more draft picks they, they absolutely have to get draft picks um there's no there's no way around it they have got to restock um the draft pool um so i definitely think some of the older guys are going to go out which isn't a surprise to anybody um but i i think we'll see a few guys stick around you know i think um you know charlie derosh for example i think he'll probably stick around um you know i, w- I wouldn't be surprised if connor Trenholm's still here um you know, Nikola Forge is still a younger guy, but um, I wouldn't be surprised. I would, would imagine he'll probably still be here. Um, but like I mentioned before, I think I think they're the one to you know insulate this young group a little bit better than they did last time um, with some veteran experience. Um, so you know, if you're not a St. John Cedos follower, you're probably going to have a hard time recognizing a lot of the names on the roster in the second half. Um, but at the same time, I think I don't think it's going to be 
quite as young as what we've seen um, in the most recent CDOS rebuild in the early goings. So what you're saying, it's going to be like Moncton in 2016, 2017, where <laughs> nobody recognized names on the team and they won in like a 28-game losing streak. <laughs> yeah, I mean, true. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that doesn't happen in St. John because no. that was yeah. painful. Yeah. Uh, that was painful yeah. to, I mean, just remembering the celebration of beating Sherbrooke to end the losing streak was one of winning the President's Cup. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. You had to be there for every game. I mean, Jamie's going to go to Regina or yeah. Hamilton or <laughs> finish his AHL. He, 20, 20, they get to 21 straight losses. He's like, Actually, I gotta go watch uh, Port Elgin play somewhere down in the s- against Kentucky. I'm gonna go here, yeah. right? Oh, you have to sit through that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was rough. That was the that was the Lafreniere tank year, right? That was the yes tank yeah. for Lafreniere, yeah. but we okay. got Pelche, so it was a fair trade off. But uh, yeah, you know, yeah. just the. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't. I, I, don't I don't think I don't think the CEOs are aiming for that level of terribleness, but um, you never know. I would never wish that upon anybody. <laughs> anybody. No. Um, I'm glad I didn't have the show <laughs> during that because it would have been awfully it. tough. Obviously, you, the Sea Dogs have the benefit of, uh, you know, when trades happen, every player has a specific value and playoff experience championship experience always happens to increase the value. Um, how do you think this will affect, you know, uh, like a return for, you know, a Peter Reynolds or, or a Cam McDonald, you know, because they can just turn around and say, well, we've, they've got the ring. So they're bringing you the experience. Yeah, I think it, I think it will play a factor. And I know there's probably people kind of, you know, rolling their eyes at that just because, you know, when you look at the numbers, they really don't have that much game experience. Um, but at the same time, there's not a lot of players in the league because of COVID that have a lot more experience. Yeah. Um, so I definitely think that it is going to be a factor a little bit, especially for teams that are really looking at uh, playing in the Memorial Cup because, um, as we know, the Memorial Cup is is a different beast than um, the playoffs. But um, obviously you need to get through the playoffs first. But um, I, think, I think it will play a factor. I don't know how much or how big. Um, I definitely think if this goes had gone on a three or four round playoff run, it'd have a bigger impact, but I think it will impact somewhat. So we talked about this with Corey, obviously we kind of know who's going out the door and, um, just some of the names that when you're in the building, you're going to be excited to watch. And obviously Vince Ellie is one of them, but just a couple of the rookies that, uh, are going to be there, um, after the deadline, you're kind of excited to watch or some of the, the prospects that, um, will be moving up into the lineup that will be playing a little bit bigger roles as some of these guys like uh, Burns and McDonald's and um, Reynolds kind of head out the door. Yeah, well, Ellie's definitely one of them. Uh, Cole Burbage is another. Uh, Pavel Snack, who's been a pretty good import, who I think um, probably, I think, given a bigger, more consistent role, can probably produce a little bit more. Um, you know, Thomas Sherba is a guy who's been injured quite a bit. Um, I'm curious to see him play more. He hasn't played much this year, uh, just because of injury, but I'm curious to see him more. He's a, um, a free agent from Ontario. Um, and on the, on the back end has been really interesting. Um, you look at St. John's defensive numbers and they're pretty bad. Uh, but at the same time, I think this group's played pretty decent considering what they've had to play a lot, um, every night because of injuries um nate tivy who's a, another free agent from ontario has been really really impressive on the back end 
Um, and Nick, Nicholas Bilodeau, again, another young guy. Um, I'm curious to see him kind of elevate his game in the second half. Um, and then I know, I know a local guy to you guys, Jeremy Richard, who hasn't had the greatest start, um, kind of was a healthy scratch at times, has had some injuries now, but I'm also curious to see him uh, get more playing time. Um, and then Bordeaux, too, who's, uh, like you mentioned, uh, is probably going to be the goalie of the future. So hopefully uh, we'll see more of him in the second half. So just to wrap things up, because uh, like Adam will say, you probably got some Christmas shopping to do. You're always on the road. So, um, True. I, like, I'm going to be asking this to everybody because uh, I like to do that when we interview across the division. Uh, who or what is your surprise in the first half of the season? Oh, well, Victoriaville. In the league, Victoriaville. I definitely did not expect that at all. That's two for two. Uh, yeah, that is, that's like, if they can keep that up, that's quite a story, uh, really. Um, that is, that's pretty wild. Um, I guess from a St. John perspective, I, you know, again, uh, the defense, defensive play of St. John, um, I know the numbers aren't pretty, um, but where this team was at this point last in the last rebuild, it just looks so much better, so much more structured. Um, I really think this team... Um, coming up is going to be a lot better defensively than what we saw in the last rebuild, which was obviously the major, major problem for so many years with that group. So um, I definitely think the Cedars are, are off to a good start um, defensively. All right, man. Like, yeah, like Jeremy says that I always say, we'll let you get out of here. Let's get back to your, your Christmas shopping, but we do want to make sure that you will at least be in TD station for spice up your game. On New Year's Eve. I will, yes. Okay, because yes, I'm trying I to get Jeremy and, and the wives to go down to see Spice Girls because you don't always get to see them, and that's a pretty big deal. A, it's Spice Girls. B, teams doing things to attract fans. It's not uh, not a big deal. So as long as we're as long as you're confirmed at that one, we might possibly make uh, make our way down there. <laughs> All right, confirmed. I'll see you guys there. <laughs> big Spice Girls fans over here, but uh, no, man, we appreciate you. Uh, taking the time off your busy uh, flight schedule to uh, to stop in and talk trade deadline on our annual show, and hopefully we can have you on uh, maybe after the deadline or into the second half uh, to just chat about the, how the deadline went. Awesome. Sounds good, guys. Anytime. Thanks, Jamie. So from that, I mean, we basically start with the two teams that have won the most in the past two years um, on this, and we're two for two with Victoriaville, but this is both teams are in a kind of a similar situation. They both got a 20-year-old goaltender they'd like to move. They both got veteran players that they'd like to move, and they both kind of want picks back. Say John more than more than Charlottetown, but they kind of mirror each other. Absolutely. Uh, I think they're they're probably going to compete for maybe one of the most active teams yeah. in the deadline. Because uh, like you said, they got, they've got experience. They've got goaltending they need to get rid of. They want picks back. Uh, they're, you know, they're, they're going to want to be stocking their cupboards up, and there's no better time. Uh, than now because they've got the assets to do it. And, yeah, it, I think Victoriaville, I'll ask that to everybody, and I think it's going to be a clean yeah. sweep. Well, it's three for three because those two, and we're thinking the same yep. thing on Victoriaville. I've said that. So. If, uh, who do we have left to do, Johnny? Uh, so next week, next Thursday, we've got Willie Paloff. Okay. The Mooseheads. And we're trying to get Pat. Get back to us. Trying to get Pat. Trying to get Pat McNeil. And we may have uh, Cedric Boudin from the Armada okay, to talk cool. about the Armada and some of the Quebec teams there. Cool. So could be could be a little bit of an extended show, but um, that's what we got next Thursday. So uh, you're paying me overtime next week? 
I will let Layla cook something for you. Uh, you request it, she will cook it, and that's how mm. we roll. Giggity. All right. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in to our uh, Maritime Roundtable Trade Deadline Show. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wildcast Podcast. Follow us on social media at Moncton Wildcast.